You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and the Glebe Central Pub. Make sure you visit the Glebe Central Pub right in the heart of the Glebe. Great food, great drinks, and great people. Awesome atmosphere. They also have the Send Shuttle that takes you to and from the CTC. We have people on it right now heading to 779 Bank Street. Oh my goodness, the Senators did it again. Erase a third period deficit. They couldn't finish it off this time. A 3-2 loss in overtime to the top team in the East, the Boston Bruins. 3-2, the final score. Vladimir Tarasenko ties this game up with three minutes left, but then Brad Marchand on a two-on-one. He keeps, he shoots, he scores. And the Ottawa Senators are now 4-1-2 and two in their last seven games. I'm Ross Levitan alongside the entire Postcast crew, Brandon Piller at Laleem's Martian with us tonight. Pilsy, how'd you watch this one develop? Well, Ross, this is the postcast. We vibe or we vent, but we did coin a new term, and I'm going to go with that one for this one. Option number three, this is going to be the fine cast. Uh, this is a full... 60-minute effort, maybe a little more. It goes into overtime past regulation. The Ottawa Senators outshoot the Boston Bruins every single period. That first period was dominant until the Bruins got their power play. The Ottawa Senators had the Bruins without a shot for 17 and a half minutes, and they're able to win most categories statistically of this game, but ultimately it's a veteran team like the Boston Bruins that gets it done, Brad Marchand in overtime. But this is an effort where... I'm not too upset with the team effort here. I really thought up against a team like the Boston Bruins, this was a fine effort. There was a, a couple players that had good nights, but unfortunately, they end up with the loss. But hey, Martian, as you post on Twitter, getting another point ain't bad. We'll we'll take the point. Points in five straight, boys. You know, it, even though Boston's coming off a, a back-to-back, and you, you got to think that they're coming in a little bit tired here, um, you know, the Sens put up, like you said, Pilsy, a really nice effort against a really good team. They held right in there. Um, to come back in that third period was a, an accomplishment in itself. And they kind of came back twice in a way, right, with that uh, disallowed goal off the hand pass from uh, Matthew Joseph. That, that you know, And it was Josh Norris who ultimately ended up having that disallowed goal. Um, but, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a little, you know, it's easy to come away from this one, maybe a little bit disappointed with them losing in overtime. But for me, I, I just can't be mad at it. I, I refuse to be mad at it. And I'm just doing just fine. It's the fine doing cast. Fine. We're doing just fine. Yeah. Hey, if you would have told me that the Ottawa Senators would have scored two goals on the power play in this game after what I watched on their first two attempts in this game, I would have called you crazy. <laughs> they didn't even have three seconds of possession in the offensive zone. And no then they give up. Goal. They give up a power play, and three seconds in, it goes bingo, bango, bongo in the back of the net. David Pasternak makes no mistake. So the way that the quick strike offense came from Boston, their other goal in regulation came after a great opportunity. Thomas Shabbat at the end of a a power play where it was the Sens, I think, third power play in their first shot on goal, which only because it hit Swayman's pad on the way out. Otherwise, it hit the post, no shot on goal. What, Tom Barrasso voice? What, you want me to stop the ones going wide too? But it goes out, he kicks it, and the other way they come down and uh, they shoot, they score as well. So I think for this one, it was an inopportune game. I would call it uh, uh, a game where the Bruins took advantage of the few opportunities they had. But man, the Senators again, and now that's a f- even the Colorado game. We keep going back to that one. The goaltending let them down. But this is a consistent stretch of hockey now over the last two weeks where the Sens are playing real good hockey. 
yeah, like I mentioned, you can't be upset with that effort. And sure, the Bruins are on the second half of a back-to-back, -back, but this is still a really good team. And if the Ottawa Senators' power play was even just a little bit better earlier on and gained some momentum and maybe tired some of those penalty killers down, I really think that this was a winnable game. Uh, they certainly had the opportunities to put this one away. So it's unfortunate, but I don't know. It's it's tough when you're looking at Corpusalo in this game. That overtime goal is really tough to uh, to take a look at. And then, Martian, I'll, I'll let you hop in here. But the second goal I might have a bigger issue with Frederick is very far out when he takes that shot. And Corpy is like a foot and a half out of his crease. Like, I couldn't even believe there was any possible light or angle for that puck to go in. Like, that's a save where you got to make that save. So uh, I thought he played a decent game. But again, it's shots just beating him, in clean, beating him clean that are putting this team down. Yeah, and Pilsy, I mean, I mean, we we know we're a goalie-friendly show here at the Locked On Centers podcast, so it's tough to do this for us. But for me, it wasn't even the second one, which in itself was probably not a perfect goal for him. It was the first one for me. Okay. And, right. I mean, and I know I got a little bit of pushback on Twitter when I said, you know, there wasn't much of a screen on that on that first shot. I know it's coming from an elite shooter in, in Pasternak. You know, he's one of the NHL's best goal scorers. But the guy's at the blue line. He's standing at the point, and he's letting a wrister go. And Parker Kelly was he was off to the side. Corpus Salo can see that puck. Somebody sent me a screenshot. You, you can see his face facing the puck. You know, there's no reason why. I don't care who the shooter is. It's far enough out that as an NHL goaltender, I get it. It's a perfect shot, but you got to be able to get up there and save save that thing. That's high blocker. It's not perfect for for Corpus Allo there. He's got to be able to just stop that puck for me. I I, I just. I just can't wrap my head around, uh, 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 even, even though whatever, power play, whatever you want to say, he's got to stop it. I, I need him to stop that one. And I always go back to now, it's like Corpus Allo makes a lot of really good saves for this team, and he did it again tonight. Like he had a few really nice saves throughout the game where it's like, great, great save. He's keeping us in this thing. You know, let's get a few for him here. But it's the ones that he needs to stop are the ones that he's not stopping. So the overtime one, you could put it in that category. And that for me, that Pasternak one, you know, it's it's just like poor timing for the team as far as momentum goes. You know, the Sens were carrying the play at that point in the game. You had a few chances of their own on the power play they weren't able to capitalize on. The first shot the in the first three seconds. seconds in the first three seconds of the power play. Uh, I mean, I just need Corbisala to stop that puck. Give me the first save some of the time, man. Like he gets beat on the first shot a lot. And for me, I'd love to see him just, you know, stop the first one. If he kicks out a rebound and that one ends up going in afterwards, I'm cool with it. But, I, you know, just give me the first save. That's basically my point on that. And I don't want this to turn into a pile on Corpus Allo game, oh. even though you look at the numbers. They, they just weren't great. He did have a stretch in the second period where he was making a bunch of saves and keeping the sends in in the game uh, particularly. But it's another night where it's an 870 save percentage. The expected goals and the negative as well uh, against him or saves above expected, I should say. Um and, and bottom line is I just don't feel confident when he's in goal. Even after they tied the game with three minutes left, there was even like a rush where it was Oscar Steen coming over the blue line. And I'm like right at the edge of my seat. Please don't go in. Like I shouldn't be like that when it's a fourth liner coming in and it's a one-on-two situation. So I think that's something that needs to be a little bit uh, improved for him is just allowing the team to play with a little more confidence in front of him. Like they even pulled up that stat. They're like, he's 2-0-1 in his last three games with a yep. 905 save percentage. Like 
I mean, it's it's not even that that impressive. And and that's what we're like really highlighting. Like, okay, Corpy's been good. The goalie coach has changed. He's been really good. And Ross, I totally agree with you. Like, I just I don't have that strong confidence with Corpy. Like, uh, it was in the second period. Bruins two on one. The pass goes over to the guy. I forget who shot it, and he shoots it. And Corpy makes the save and a stick falls. And when I'm watching that live, I'm like, oh, huge save by Corpy. I can't like I was so sure that guy was going to score. And then they show the replay. It hits his stick like sure. You still got a like nice save. You kept that out. But that more hit his stick like it beat him clean. Just luckily his stick was there. And then it hit his stick so hard it, it fell out. And it looks like lucky. a big emphatic save. But that was one where most of the time he lets that in. And if he doesn't get lucky on that one, that's another goal, unfortunately. He got lucky on another one, too, there, Pilsy, where Pasternak let a ripper go from the slot. And he didn't even see it. He didn't even see it coming. And it, went down. it missed the net. Um, but, yeah, pure athleticism there from Corpy um, is, is not going to get him as far and, as he needs to go. And that's why it looks like he makes big saves. Like, he, you look back and you're like, oh, I remember he made, like, two or three really big saves, but that's because, well, I don't, I, I feel like that's because like uh, that comment said, he's got the athleticism. So he's able to rely on his reflexes, but honestly, the sign of a good goalie usually is it doesn't look like he's making big saves because he's right there. His positioning, his timing, his angles are all perfect. It just hits him. Well, t- Connor Hellebuck Saturday against the Sens, like he was unreal, yeah. but he, yeah, he didn't so calm. Yeah. There was no, like highlight real save that you look back on and be like, Hellebuck stole the game with that save, but he gave up zero rebounds and everything just in his chest. He was just positionally sound. And that's the difference between an elite goalie and a goalie that can have flashes of brilliance, but less sustained success. All right. That's enough about it. Uh, Eunice Corpusalo, because I don't think he was a main story in that game. Sure. You'd like to have the overtime goal back, but the senators, I mean, sure. six power plays to, to one in this game like they had every opportunity to come back into it and uh, especially like that trent frederick penalty um i don't know if it was the one uh yeah it was it was the one before the uh the shabbat goal to make it 2-1 you could hear the mic in the arena picking up because chikrin was giving it to the guy behind him the other bruins player and the refs like chicky watch out chicky and then they blew it down i thought they were calling chikrin a hundred percent for cross-checking there but then sure enough frederick was shocked it was him and then they were able to make it play a nice little tic-tac-toe play that started with Jacob Chickren holding the puck in at the blue line. Then Stutzel went down low, and it's almost become a patented pass from Drake Batherson. We've seen him do that time and time again, the little backhand shovel feed cross seam, and uh, Shabbat did a great job of sneaking down below coverage and getting that one in the back of the net. Before we get to the uh, the other ones, one other note that I want to get to in, in this game is Shane Pinto and, and his first home game great ovation it sounded like when he was introduced with the starting lineup so great to see him back the whole family kathy and everybody in the in the stand supporting them and you know what i really missed fellas those shane pinto bumper plays on the power play they almost scored he almost knocked jeremy swayman into his own net in the third period yeah and that's especially a good play between him and Giroux. like i feel like him and g have that connection and they're able to not only know where that player is, but be able to one touch pass it right on his tape. Like they, they've got that down to a T. So that's another part of Shane Pinto coming back is we've talked about how bad this power play is. 
most notably how bad the first power play unit seems to be. So you get Pinto in the mix on that second unit, and hopefully you can try to make up for some of the lack of offense that the first unit has and get G and Pinto clicking. And it already seems like they have that chemistry even early on in Pinto's return. Martian, I want to get your uh, your take on the newly formed power play units that we saw in tonight's game. It was Jacob Chikrin with Thomas Shabbat, so a two-defenseman system on the top unit, I'll call it, because they went out first, and maybe this was... I actually should probably call it the second, because wherever Kachuk is, is is the first unit. But the first unit that went out on the first power play, and yeah, the, the tripping penalty was against Kachuk, so they had just gone out on the ice. But So the two units, 1A, 1B, call it what you want. Jacob Chikrin, Thomas Shabbat, Tim Stutzla, Drake Batherson, and Vladimir Tarasenko. And then the second unit was Sanderson, Giroux, Norris, Pinto, and Kachuk. What did you think of, of them? I mean, I like I like that they're changing it up. I mean, obviously the power play is something that's not it's not working lately. So the fact that they're even worth changing it up. And I liked your tweet earlier, Ross. Like maybe just mix in the fourth line, just throw them out there to send a message to the boys because they're not getting it. I done was thinking there. the same. Dude, you know, I sent that not. while I sent that while Chicken was walking the line, and as I hit send, four seconds later they scored the goal. So. Yeah, I mean that's pretty <laughs> funny, but like I mean, you know, yeah, sure, maybe just mix it up, right? Like that's all you need to do to maybe just get the chemistry working for the guys. Like it's all a confidence thing. The power play should be such a simple thing. It's like you got an extra guy out there. You guys are professional hockey players. Just find the open man, make a play, and, and make something happen. Get some shots on goal. Enter the zone for God's sake. Um, but even that was a bit of an issue early in the game tonight for the boys. So whatever. I mean, honestly, I'm not going to, I don't have a very strong opinion on the new units. I, I doubt that we're going to continue to see those two units together consistently. I mean, two for six is a fine percentage. You know, it's not like over the top. But um, they cleaned that up. That's classic. Yeah, I mean, they cleaned it, it up. Yeah. If they didn't get those last two power plays near the end of the game, then it would have been a whole different story for us here. But um, but at the same time, yeah, Ross, I think, I think they just need to find the right combinations. Pinto helps a lot. Like you said, that little bumper play is beautiful. It's so fast, and he's got such a great release that it always kind of seems to work. If he didn't miss the net there, that would have been huge. Yeah. On that, that big opportunity that I think we're both thinking of the same one, but... Yeah, my biggest problem here with those power play units, though, is you're relying on Timmy to take faceoffs on on the first unit, and they haven't been able to control because they've got Pinto, Norris, and Giroux all in the same unit, and Kachuk. And like Chuck, yeah. Like you're leaving yourself. Like Drake Batherson was taking uh, too many faceoffs tonight for for my liking. Yeah, and, you, you you almost think that like they're expecting them to just be able to change on the fly or something like that. Get Timmy's unit out there secondarily, but um, Drake went one really for five. Count. Drake went one for five, all in the offensive zone tonight, 20%. Yeah, that's too many. It's not perfect. No, not perfect at all. Uh, what else wasn't perfect was, uh, and, and this would have been a lot earlier in the postcast recap if if they didn't end up tying the game on the Vladimir Tarasenko goal we haven't got to yet. But what do you guys think of the hand pass by Matthew Joseph uh, where Josh Norris banged it home in front and it was initially called a goal, but then the refs congregated and ultimately it was ruled a hand pass. Pilsy, what'd you think of that one? On the live shot, I, I really didn't think there was anything there. Uh, I was kind of like, what's even the point of reviewing this? But then the issue is, you know, it's possible to get pulled back. Watch the players reactions. As soon as Norris scores, he doesn't sell you. He looks over at the ref. That's And that's when you know that's almost like a proof of guilt kind of uh, thing. And then I was like, uh-oh, okay. He thinks something's up there. And look, maybe I don't fully know the rules of the hand pass, but 
it does look like Joseph is trying to scoop it. Now, I think Joseph was trying to play it to himself, not play it to Norris. But if you're looking at that, I'm pretty sure that hits Joseph's hand. And if we're calling that a hand pass, it goes to Norris. I guess by way of the rule book, that, that's no goal. It's a hand pass. Now, do I agree with that? Do I think it literally flicking off Joseph's glove was a perfectly intentional play that was an unfair advantage that set Norris up for that goal? Obviously not. But if that's the rule, then that that's how it goes, I guess. Yeah, that one's a weird one for me too, Pilsy, because, um, you know, obviously, like, by the way, the book, as you said, that, that shouldn't have counted. We saw it in a Leafs game earlier this, like, I think it was only just a couple weeks ago, if not last week, where a very kind of similar play happened, but it was along the wall instead of in front of the net like that. And they reviewed it, but it was on a coach's challenge. This one was strange because they called it a goal on yep. the ice and there was no challenge from Boston. But what happened is the, the referees reversed the call on their own by having a conversation after the goal. And then it was up to the Sens to decide if they wanted the challenge saying, yeah. no, it wasn't a high end pass. I would have loved to see, you know, they called it a goal on the ice. Let Boston challenge it. If it was a hand pass, it was a hand pass. Then you can you know, disallow the goal at that point. But they kind of ended up putting the onus on the Sens. And, of course, they're not going to risk reversing that call and, and having to go down um, on, on a, you know, you know, a failed coach's challenge and then have to go down on the man advantage. So, I don't know. That was kind of sketchy to me. But whatever. It is what it is. They ended up getting another one. So, it's fine. What did you guys see on that Tarasenko goal, Marshall? <laughs> Oh, I'll get uh, Pilsy because Hansel wants to chime in on his on that Tarasenko goal. Hansel, not a not a fan of that no goal. Uh, this was actually a, a nice play all around, uh, and I really like this Ross because you mentioned how it was tough for the Sens to win faceoffs on the power play. The Sens they don't win a clean faceoff here, but they battle for that puck on the draw. It's stuck right in the dot there. And usually the Sens lose that puck battle nine out of 10 times. The other teams out muscle them out after them easy clear and the, and the whole power plays uh, pretty much over at that point. Like that's just usually how it goes, but they battle here. And then Shabbat gets it over to Tarasenko. Tarasenko is really selling shot. Like he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm a 30 goal scorer. I'm shooting this puck. He's loading up the wrist shot. And Batherson, this is a great play by Batherson that he won't get an assist on, but it's one of those the hockey guys know. He's screening out front. He waits. He waits. He times it. He sees the loaded wrist shot, does a little one of these, like almost like a Matrix or, or uh, what was that movie, Wanted, where they dodge bullets. That was uh, a move that Batherson does. Swayman can't see it. It's a beautiful shot. I bet even if Swayman does see it, he might not stop that shot. Tucked right behind the bar. Nice, clean goal from Tarasenko. I loved it, Ross. I loved that goal. Yeah, so did I, man. And and it couldn't happen to a better guy. I know that it's never easy to have your name in trade rumors. Now, Tarasenko is the hammer. He's got the no-move clause. So if he doesn't want to go anywhere, he's not going anywhere. But uh, And a full no-move clause at that. Very rare. Yeah. Well, I mean, thir- 32, he's got a cup uh, under his belt. And I know that his agent kind of screwed him this offseason with uh, with changing afterwards. He didn't get the long-term deal that he wanted. But, uh, man, he's a fun player. I saw uh, Marco tweeted at us, the Sen Central Citizen, and said he's got a bit of Mark Stone in his game, you know, where he's never moving too fast, but he always seems to be in the right spot and make the right play. So a bit of a cool analogy there. I like that. Now, Swanky Pants, we appreciate it. He's he's in there with Tarasenko talk too. Um, hoping that he signs with decent value. What a time to be a Sens fan. Thank you, Swanky Pants. Always appreciate you coming into the postcast. And yeah, we talked about that on Locked on Senders today, and we will continue to focus on that in the 40-plus days leading up to the trade deadline 
what do you do with Vladimir Tarasenko? Because he clearly fits in with this group. And I wonder what the long-term implications of that or will, like Steve Steo said, the market simply dictate it. Because if you get an offer you can't refuse, you simply can't refuse it. So we'll be discussing that over the next little while on Locked On Senators. But first, let me tell you about the Glebe Central Pub. But first, I also should say that we got our Send Central standouts coming up. The Send Central standouts are always presented by the Glebe Central Pub. You can find the Glebe Central Pub right in the heart of the Glebe. Great food, great drinks, awesome atmosphere, and they have the Send Shuttle for just $17. Pillsy, not only that, I know you're a big live music guy. Glebe Central Pub has live music every Saturday in the month of February. Nice. Getting it rocking at the CTC and Ross. We have been really getting into the PWHL recently. There is no better place to go for pre- and post-game drinks and food than the Glebe Central Pub in the heart of the Glebe at 779 Bank Street. The Glebe Central Pub is where you can get all the food drinks, an atmosphere that you need. Go play on the dartboard. Go watch the game there. It's all at the Glebe Central Pub. Visit their website, glebecentralpub.com, and you'll grab your tickets to the Sens Shuttle. The Sens Shuttle, $17 to and from the CTC. Glebe Central Pub, 779 Bank Street. Let them know. Locked on Senators sent you. And this episode is also brought to you by Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one convenient place. You don't have to spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all in one easy place with Indeed. Candidates you invite to apply through Indeed Match are three times more likely to apply through Instant Match than when they just see it in the search. So as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and they can apply right away. Sit back and relax. Indeed does the hard work for you. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the postcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller and at Laleem's Marsh. You can follow the Martian on Twitter at Laleem's Marsh. You can follow us at Send Central. Subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. We've got bonus PWHL content that will be weekly. And of course, five days a week, we are your team every day. Plus the postcast where we vent, vibe, or we're doing just Fine. Senders, man, points in five straight. They're 4-1-2 and two in their last seven games. Hey, they've got a couple more tough games hey. coming up. Saturday against the New York Rangers, Monday against Nashville, and then they wrap up the, I don't want to call it the first half of the season because they're past 41 games, the pre-All-Star portion of their schedule, the rematch, the one that's been circled for over a month at Detroit. Could it Ooh. be fight night at Detroit? I want to say Joe Lewis Arena, the old boxer and all, but I know I get it. They Little built- Caesars Arena, even more intimidating. Doesn't sound as intimidating, that's <laughs> for sure. Uh, boys, before we get to our Send Central standouts presented by the Glebe Central Pub, Ridley Gregg only played nine minutes in this game. Uh, did anyone in the chat, can they chime in? Did you see him 
go awkwardly. He was on the bench the whole game. He uh, he just simply didn't play. And if you're looking at it, typically on Money Puck, they show all the lines. Like They show every second that all line combinations were out there. And the Senators, I don't think I've ever seen them use this many line combinations. It was yeah. all over the place. And the lineup was in flux all day because Dominic Kubelik was expected to play when they posted their lineups after the morning skate. He was in the lineup. Heck, he even spoke to the media today about how excited he was to play in front of his mom, who's still here after the mother's trip. But he was out. Rocharte was in. And then, yeah, Ridley Gregg just pretty much sat on the bench all night. So did you guys see anything that happened, Martian? No, I, I actually didn't see anything that he did in particular that would warrant him getting benched. I, I don't know if maybe he had a little minor tweak or injury that that kept him out of the game. I, that's my main assumption because he's been playing so well. Of like, you wouldn't think that even though he's a rookie, one little mistake would lead to him being benched. But I mean, it is Jacques Martin we're talking about here. He he's never the kindest to uh, young forwards, so we'll see. But I, for me, I I didn't see anything, Ross. Like there was there was nothing in particular for me. Like nine thirty three tonight is that's a low total for him. We've seen him, you know, get close to twenty minutes recently. Uh, he only had four shifts in the final half of the game, three in the third period, and one of those shifts was twenty four seconds. So he yes. just so I barely mean, if, played. If he was out there for a couple shifts, that tells you that he probably wasn't hurt. So maybe it was just a simple, as simple as it be a benching. Maybe jocks are something he didn't like, and he just said, "Ridley, you know what? It's not your night tonight, buddy. Have a little, have a little seat on the bench." That's so yeah. weird though, because Ridley's been one of the best, most consistent player, and he's played first line center for this team and now he's on the wing he's doing whatever they ask and i didn't see anything egregious so this is an interesting one for sure but also i do i do want to get back to that that was super weird that kubalik didn't play i i hope we can get to the bottom of that i mean not that it matters that much but it's just so weird that martin said it earlier you had the interview the the uh, his mom stayed after the mom's trip to see him like i don't know it seems strange well, we'll find out sooner or later. I mean, he was dealing with a minor injury. That's what what they said he came out of lineup for. So I know everyone was quick to be like, oh, sure. Yeah, okay. Right when Pinto can come back, a guy, uh, a guy comes out of lineup with a minor injury who maybe you'd rather have as some trade value. But um, yeah, a, a strange situation tonight then with Ridley Gregg not playing a whole lot. So we'll look for that on Saturday. And if it was a benching, I'm going to be looking even more particularly at, at Ridley Gregg, because I want to see how he bounces back as a guy um, uh, who's as competitive as he is. And the Rangers, they have a bit more, I'd say, physicality, maybe a little more grittiness than the, than the Bruins. I, I didn't really notice Marshan doing any of his theatrics tonight uh, or anything, but we know that the Rangers play a tough brand of hockey with Truba and Kreider leading the way for them. So that's going to be a great game down at uh, Canadian Tire Center on Saturday. Of course, you can take the Glebe Central Pub to that. And uh, Ottawa's already beaten the Rangers so far this season. So it'd be great to get another win against a first-place team. So they dealt with first place in the East today. Now they've got first place in the Metropolitan Division on Saturday. Should we get to some uh, Send Central standouts, boys? Um, Martian, you want to lead us off? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. And I, I, I had my guy picked out already. So I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Thomas Shabbat. I think uh, I think Thomas just had a really nice game today. Um, he was flying out there. He played twenty over 24 minutes. Um, he, I think he got the assist on one of those goals there. And he had, the, had a great little finish on the power play. So for me, Thomas Shabbat had a good game. Seven shots on goals, fella. That's not bad. We'll take that all day from Thomas Shabbat. So he's, start, he's starting to get in the groove a little bit. He's been a bit of an offensive threat lately. So 
I thought Thomas had one of his better games of the season, um, and I, I love to see that from him. So I'm going to go with Thomas Shabbat as my standout today. Yeah, you took mine, Marsh, and that's uh, he definitely, I thought, was Ottawa's best player tonight. And, and he had that chance, like Ross mentioned earlier on in the game, where he hits the post and then it goes off Swayman's pad and almost went in there. So, yeah, he had a lot of good opportunities. Uh, you want to see more games like that from Thomas Shabbat moving forward. And I love him getting in the mix right after scoring a goal, a little shades of Mark Kasselik's first NHL goal, where you, <laughs> you know you get the fight after the goal almost immediately. So, you know, you score the goal, you're all fired up, somebody gets in your face, and you're just like, hey, you know what? I just scored a goal, so suck on that one. <laughs> yeah, Shabbat definitely was not happy about that one. He got popped by uh, McAvoy. You don't have to see the guy who's holding the the jersey hand. Just give him a little little chin music there. He had to get, uh, not stapled up, but they had to get the towel out for him. Yeah. He was definitely, definitely leaking. So, yeah, great game for Thomas Shabbat. Goal and an assist. Uh, Martian as well. So, he was all over the score sheet in this one. He was all over the ice, too. I wonder what the NHL edge stats say for this. I wish you could find those game by game. I know you can do it for the whole season, but I feel like he covered a ton of ice tonight. He was moving all over the place. The one nitpick is that he was pretty deep on that second goal in the zone entry when Trent Frederick has it. He was down at the hash marks, basically. Are you knocking my stand-up, Ross? No, I think it was great. <laughs> I think it was great. We just want to make it a little contentious here. I'm getting vibes of the ring of honor with this one. But no, great, yeah, great stand-up. Yeah, I was too. I was feeling the ring of honor all over again. You go after my guy. <laughs> great, uh, great game for Thomas Shabbat, for sure. No, absolutely. Um, Pilsy, go ahead. All right. Well, that, yeah, Spot was definitely going to be mine. So I will, I, <laughs> I will pivot and I'll go with the other goal scorer, Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, like I mentioned, that that shot was just so filthy. Even if Batherson's not in front screening there, I think he might still beat uh, Swayman clean. And it just, you're really starting to see over a consistent basis how good Vladimir Tarasenko is. And not just from goal scoring, like, He's able to do so much more um, throughout the game. And I'm just trying to find his his recent stats. Like, he's been scoring a bunch in January. Like, I, I feel like that's when he's really heated up. He it wasn't that good in November. But, yeah, I'm looking at his last couple of games, and he's racking up the points here. So, Vladimir Tarasenko. Tarasenko, he's got seven goals in 12 games in uh, January. Now. Perfect. Yeah, thank you. That that's a stat I, I was looking for. So, and also a lot of these goals are big goals, right? He scored two game-winning goals recently, and then he scores the goal to tie it here late in the game. So, that's what you want to see from the veteran sniper. He has uh, 19 points now in his last 25 games. Yeah, Vladimir Tarasenko starting so. at from December 1st on, so in December and January. So, yeah, no, that's a great call, Pilsy, and I actually liked his game before the goal as well. So it was just a nice cherry on top for his game that he was able to uh, put the puck in the back of the net. For Real my projection, Ross, just before yeah. you get to your guy, on the flip side of that, guys, in January, I'm looking at the Seltzer knocker. Oh, Josh no Gore. goals. No goals in January. He's doing dry January. He's just not scoring this month. I don't know what's going on with this guy. He looks like a different player, too. So I, I had to just give him a quick, you know, he knocked my seltzer. I got to give him a quick knock here, too. Like, get some, get some pucks in the back of the net. I know that he had the disallowed one goal, you know, the one tonight. But, Josh, you're here to score goals, buddy. You need, you need to start doing that. 
and ironically, his his uh, goal streak ended before ten straight, well, eleven straight now because he didn't get one tonight that counted. Um, but before that, he had goals in five straight games during uh, the, you know, right before Christmas, and then that it all culminated with the win where he had a goal and an assist against the Pittsburgh Penguins, where Timmy had the OT winner in that game. Uh, so he was on a nice little run there, and then it's been absolutely quiet since. Only two assists in his last number of games. So I'm just, I'm hoping for more from him. Yeah. Two assists, no goals in his last 11 games now, or three assists rather, because he did get the secondary on the Tarasenko goal. So, uh, eliminator saying he was more physical tonight needs to be even more, man. I need to notice this guy a lot more every single night. And Joe saying that he's probably in his old, uh, in his head a little bit, palm face saying he looking like a bottom sixer right now. I mean, with Shane Pinto in, and we saw the line combinations throughout the second half of the game, um, uh, Shane Pinto was getting a few shifts um, in, in his spot. And I didn't, I didn't hate it. So we'll, we'll see. There was also, there were so many line combos tonight. It was actually a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. So hopefully they can get that sorted out. No line for, for Ottawa played, um, played over 554 was the most. And if you put that conversely, the coil Pasternak Marchand line played 12 minutes and 40 seconds together. Yeah. No line on Ottawa played more than five and a half minutes together. So it was a complete shuffle for Jacques Martin on the bench and Daniel Alfredson running the forwards in tonight's game. That being said, I've got a decision to make and I'm between a couple guys. If you look at just the numbers, there's a few guys who had games where they, they just don't pass the eye test for me. Like Brady's goal expected goals percentage is enormous tonight. I didn't think he had a good game. Not I a thought good he, game was, for Brady. he was yeah. tripping over himself and I, I'm not blaming him for, for missing the rebound on that Timmy chance in overtime. It was a bouncing puck three feet in the air. You'd love to get it, but that's to me, not, not the be all end all of his game. I would also like to see a little bit of a quicker back check. Not that he probably would have got there. That's just kind of what three on three is, is yeah. you get your chance, you give it up, you get your chance, you give it up. But overall it was a bad game for the captain. I'll, I'll say so. Um, where am I going to go with my send central stand? Yeah, I should have, I, I, I don't think it's just a elimination. Process of elimination. It's not going to be Kachuk. It's not going to be Norris. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not going to be Eunice Corpusalo. It's not going to be, not going to be chickering, although I thought he was he was decent in tonight's game. I'll just go with Pinto. I'll go with Pinto. I thought yeah, it was a good nice. game for him. He got four shots on goal, three hits as well. And um, to me, he passed the eye test. He was, again, 55% in the dot. So, I mean, Solid. that's that's been the best part of seeing Shane Pinto back and, and seeing him, you know, contributing where I think where he left off was probably, I think he was doing okay in the face-off dot, but we knew that he had more in him. And as, as centermen get stronger, they'll be able to snap more back. So um, let's hope that that continues on and on a little bit more here. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with uh, with Shane Pinto as my central standout. Oh, we, didn't leave, we didn't leave you much there, Ross. So yeah, <laughs> that was a good, good recovery. Thanks. I tap danced all around that. Now, uh, Martian, can we show the people your work of art here with the Belleville Senators? Ooh, oh man, I would love that. I'm actually really pumped about this. I'm super happy that this is actually going to happen. So uh, the Belleville Sens on February 19th are going to be wearing uh, a jersey that I, I helped design, which I think is pretty cool. I'm, I'm proud of myself for this. So um, yeah, they, they reached out to me. They said, do you want to help us design this jersey? I think you feel like you would know what the Sens fans would be looking for. And I was like, heck yeah, let's do that. Um, so I kind of, you can see it's like the old Senegoth design, a little added white stripe in there. And, and I can also, zoom in on the logo too. 
And yeah, and the logo is the cool part, right? Because <laughs> people who remember the Binghamton Senators logo, uh, that's kind of the, the look that we're going for there. And then they, they made sure they wanted me to, because it's family day, it's for the kids. They wanted me to incorporate uh, the mascot, Belly, belly. a.k.a. Pillsy. Uh, yeah. Pillsy wore the belly costume one <laughs> night. So I gave him a bit of a meaner look and we threw him in the, uh, we threw him on, on that, on that old Binghamton looking uh, jersey or logo. So, I mean, I'm proud of it. I think it's really cool. Hopefully people are into it. Uh, hopefully the kids enjoy it. And um, I'm just, yeah, I just think it's really neat that the, like the B sends are going to be wearing a jersey that I, that I helped design. So we get one or what? Uh, I will be. <laughs> I don't know what you got. You didn't, you I, I didn't, negotiate. you didn't negotiate it in. Yeah, I know I should have, but I, I think me and Pilsy also have, might have plans uh, to be determined, but Pilsy and I are going to try to get boots on the ground for that one. Yep. I got to get him his fire helmet here too for the postcast. So um, we'll that'll be halfway the, in Belleville. Yeah, that'll be the perfect halfway meeting spot for me and Pils to get together <laughs> and enjoy a little sense hockey, maybe do a little uh, post game party with the, with the fellas. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I think, I think that'll be a, a good little night for everybody. So, I'm That's excited actually, about that. And it's a matinee uh, game too. So I love a good yep. matinee. I always say that. I'm so disrespected that you didn't negotiate in a jersey for me. I know. It's almost like the time you guys got reverse retros and I didn't, right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Not... Whoa, <laughs> you ju- sorry, you... <laughs> no, we only got one. We yeah, I was going to say. I oh, didn't... is that a Bills you didn't get one either? Oh, no, I, I didn't, didn't get one either. That's that's why I was laughing, Marcin. Ross didn't cut it, <laughs> cut it in half with scissors. What am I going to do? We cut it in half? Listen, we're not, we're not great negotiators in the postcast here. We're working on it. But, Marcin, I want to thank you for putting laurels on that jersey. Everybody knows. Big laurel guy. Um, yeah, I think it's... I wonder very... how my vectors are, too. I don't know about my vectors. You gotta yeah, the vectors and the laurel, laurels. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Marshall and I are going to go to this game, so let's try to get a good crew out for that one. It's going to be fun. Belleville, a good time. And, uh, yeah, get uh, get some of that merch. Martian, Martian-designed Belleville stuff. Like, that's so cool. You get to design something that AHL players of your team are going to wear. Well yeah, done. and uh, I, I was I was texting with Tyler Boucher earlier today. I said, you know, you, you're going to be scoring a hat trick in those jerseys, right? And he's like, yeah, man, guaranteed. So there you guaranteed. go. If you want, yeah, if you want to catch that, you might want might want to Hammer. be Bruce on the ground. Yeah. Uh, Justin S writes in, how do you weigh in on Tim Stutzla's game tonight? I thought he continues to up his dangle game. He got out of the trolley tracks tonight in the third period. I thought he was going to get killed um he had a couple of good all around the world moves where he's coming up and he just yep. does the whole circle around and yeah he, he was dancing tonight he's uh he's definitely got his confidence back so i'm not gonna nitpick him at that point pillsy you've you've famously kind of said you live and die with timmy there's some times where you know we're six feet deep for a little while but now we've we've climbed out of our casket and and we're ready to dance with them again so i i'd still like him to finish a little bit better on the shot but man he, he is dancing out there for sure yeah, and he really utilized his speed in tonight's game, I found. Like, there's so many times where, yeah, like you mentioned, he's able to dance through, go coast to coast, and enter the zone. But there was one play, I forget when it was, I think it was on one of the earlier power plays, um, where Stutzler gets the puck at the blue line, puts on the Jets, and just goes right to the slot. Everybody th- thinks he's going to drive the lane or try to get a quick shot, and then drop pass for Shabbat. Shabbat teed up a nice slap shot. Swayman with the save and hold, but that was a nice play to kind of 
use your speed for deception, thinking everyone, uh, making everyone collapse towards the net and opening up that space for Shabbat to get a point shot. So there's a lot. That's the thing with Tim Stutza, and you said it, Ross. I will live and die with his uh, with his creativity and his dangles because sometimes a defensive player is going to be smart and just easily poke a stick at it and it's not going to look pretty. But then other times Timmy's going to outdangle him and he's going to get through and he's going to create something out of nothing. So that's exciting hockey. I'm not going to bash a player for trying to be creative and have the skill that Tim Stutzla has. Awesome. Justin, thanks for writing in. We appreciate you always coming to the postcast, a real true citizen. Now let's get to some Jacques Martin audio. We like going through this after games. We've got four minutes of Jacques coming up next on Locked on Senators postcast. Jacques, is this a case of getting rewarded for sticking to the game plan once again? Yeah, it's, you know, it's disappointed to, to lose a point, but, um, you know, I, I thought we, we stuck with it. I, uh, you know, I thought we were, we persevered, uh, played the right way most of the time. They're a good team. They, they're a team that, a top team. And, um, you know, we had our opportunities. And uh, so it just uh, regroup and uh, be another tough opponent on Saturday night. The power play started off really struggling and then ended up you know, tying the game for you. What changes were made? Well, the changes were made actually before the game. Like uh, um, yesterday, we changed we changed the whole uh, power play situation where we've gone more with one line being one power play, the other line being the other power play, and having two units and let them battle it out. Who's going to perform the best may start, or who's fresher is going to start. And uh, yes, the first period wasn't uh, wasn't good, but we haven't had a chance either to practice. It's like the breakouts. We just uh, practiced in zone this morning because we had no practice yesterday. Uh, so, so I was happy with you know with the results, and we got two big goals from that. You think he showed? Do you think he showed good composure when he got down to nothing? Yeah, I, I think our composure was 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 good. I think. Uh, you know, I thought that uh, we stuck to, to the game plan and, uh, you know, we made a couple of mistakes that cost us goal. But uh, I think overall, I think I, I like uh, I like the effort. I like uh, how we, uh, you know, I, I think both games, you look at the game we lost to Winnipeg. We lost tonight, three, you know, 3-2 in overtime. Uh, we're, we're, we're seeing more poise and uh, more composure. Change all your lines in the third period. Is it just trying to give a different look uh, to get away from certain matchups? Uh, just I think, um, yeah, trying to get a little more from certain people and just trying to shake things up. And uh, I thought it was good. I thought I thought the response was good, and uh, you know we were able to tie it and bring it to overtime. Thank you for find. Do you, do you think if you could find consistency with your power play, it might lead to more consistency in the win column? Yeah, for sure. I mean, both special teams. I mean, when you look at, you know, you look at Boston, I think they're a top five, you know, in, in, in both, you know, good teams. A lot of times I've, you know, they're they're in top 10, both power play. That's, you know, we know that. And, you know, by the time I came, I came on, uh, you know, we're just trying to, adjust as we move along that the tough part is we're getting very little practice like you know we didn't have practice uh yesterday because i felt that we needed the, the rest after the emotional trip 
tomorrow's a day off. We play uh, Saturday. Sunday is a skill competition. We play, you know, Monday. And then so uh, there's been so many games. And sometimes, like specialty team, you, you need to uh, you need to have some touches. You need to to work on it on a daily basis. Yeah, I think all right we uh, respect but don't need to hear i don't think the french portion of the uh of the jacques martin press conferences here if you want the full one you can go check that out on the ottawa senators youtube page and on sends Twitter. Um, they asked about the line changes into the third period, but not necessarily about Ridley Gregg in particular. But Martian, what did you take away from Jacques Martin's speech there? Yeah, I mean, nothing crazy there from Jacques. I would have loved to hear somebody ask about the Ridley Gregg. Like, I, I mean, if I was in that scrum, that would have been my first question. It's like, oh, Ridley Gregg, you know, big cut back in ice time tonight. Uh, what was the story there? Was he hurt or was that a coaching decision? Uh, that's a simple Great question. question Martian. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> Thank you, Pilsy. Thank you so much, man. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, it's, uh, it's a little, little, uh, maybe just, they did, maybe the reporters in the room is right after the game. Like we have the opportunity to go in and look at the box score. No excuses. They got to be better Martian. <laughs> Anyways, they, sh- they you know they should have probably asked about that because I would have loved to know the answer there. Maybe tomorrow we get to hear, um, you know, maybe they, they get the chance to see that that, that was the thing, and maybe we get that that question asked eventually. But it would have been nice to get that answer tonight. But other than that, I don't, I don't really have any key takeaways from that um, from that presser. It was funny to hear Jacques Martin kind of complaining about the the no practices. I don't, I don't know who his uh, gripe with is, and normally Jacques isn't kind of a, an excuses guy, and he was really hammering home, "Hey, we don't get to practice. He loves no practice. practice time. He loves practice." Well, but I, I get what he's saying. Like the the things you need to practice are the special teams, especially uh, the power play, big time, and they play every other night seemingly. So it, it is tough to get the practices in. But I, I just I thought that was a different approach for. How do they? How come they don't take that to a morning skate? Like if, if practicing a certain part of the game is such a big issue, why don't they just? I know morning skates more of just like a kind of warm up and, and you know get your legs going for the day sort of thing. But like why don't just they just go optional skate for everybody except for the guys who are in the power play? We got some stuff we need to work on here tonight. Maybe I, a, a CBA thing. I don't know. Well, Maybe. you watch. I've watched a few morning skates when I was doing the the Jets games earlier in December, and like there's 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 no drills. It's literally just like. Yeah, you're it's just getting out there. Nothing between the ears. It's literally just go, get a couple strides in, and away you go. Yeah, fire a couple pucks, make a few yeah. saves. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, it, but it, when I, you don't have the time, when you don't have the time. Make use of the time you do have, right? Yeah, no yeah. doubt. No doubt. Uh, final thoughts on this postcast. It's a 3-2 overtime loss to the Boston Bruins. The Ottawa Senators tie it up with three minutes left in the third period, but cannot convert in overtime. Brad Marchand wins it on a two-on-one keep. One minute and 48 seconds into the extra frame after Tim Stutzel had to rush the other way, but it uh, just bounced over Brady Kachuk's stick. The play goes the other way, and it's in the back of the net just like that. Pilsy, final thoughts on today's game. Yeah, this is a game where obviously you're disappointed. You don't get the win. You had an opportunity to put away the Boston Bruins, uh, especially with how well you played tonight for the Ottawa Senators. But overall, I'm not upset. At least they they got it to overtime. 
like you said, they traded chances in overtime. It's not like the Bruins just dominated and Brad Marchand gets one off just a cheeky wrister coming down the wing. So that's not really a, a team breakdown like we're used to seeing or an embarrassing loss or anything like that. So postcast, we vent or vibe or it's the fine cast. This has been another edition of the Locked On Senators fine cast. And just because Justin's such a great citizen, he's always throwing in some uh, some toonies uh, in the jar. We do have to react to this at the very end of the postcast. Brendan Gallagher, I'm surprised that if he was going to go into his bag of of tools, that he wasn't going to do that against the Sens, honestly. And um, you have to go see the, the video if you haven't yet. It was maybe the most egregious play we've seen in the National Hockey League this season. And Nick Cousins has been playing all season. And he's done some <laughs> greasy things. But this... Takes the cake. Just a breakout. Adam Pellick paying no attention to a blindside elbow to the side of the head. And this this no talent, irrelevant fossil at 30 years old who signed for three more seasons, making $9 million, by the way, in money. Brendan Gallagher next season. Um, just the the shrug after it, just being like, what did I do? Yeah. It was an all-time goofus move. Um, goofus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Goofus. Yeah, friggin' goofus. It's like a doofus and a goof combined. <laughs> is it not a word? No. Word of the day, uh, goofus. Is, definitely is, not a word. Word of the day, hit the chime. Goofus. A foolish or stupid person, often used as a general term of abuse. Ross always gets the weird words. That Ross, okay, yeah, I gotta Urban give you that one. Urban dictionary is not a real real. Thing. How about the Oxford dictionary, you goofus? <laughs> Ever heard of it? Hey, okay. That is a perfect way to descri- describe Brendan Gallagher, though. Yeah, he is a goofus. You're right about that. And Ross, like, Adam Pollock, like I don't know what Adam Pollock's current status is. Like, I hope he's okay. But, like, yeah. that to me is, is is just as dirty as, like, that's, like, almost like Matt Cook on Mark Savard, if you remember that yeah. one. And that threw that guy into the shadow realm for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's as dangerous as a hit as you could possibly have. The puck was gone. He had already made the pass. I get it. It's a fast game. But when you stick your elbow out like that, like, that is blatant. And that is intentional. And I hope they absolutely throw the gosh darn book at him. Boys, like, if, if that was an Ottawa senator, we would be out with pitchforks and torches. Yeah, we right. to go to Montreal to, to burn yeah, down. Yeah, we'd march down to Montreal or up, I guess. So, yeah, we'd go. We'd be ha- having the pitch uh, forks. Yeah. Like, imagine you made that hit on. I mean, Adam Pellick's no, no. He's a good defense. He's a big like, part of that team. He's a big part of their team. He's an important part of their team. And also, the other the thing is, we see so many fights after clean hits nowadays. The fact that nobody went and tried to rip Gallagher's head off after that, like that's the one time where it's okay. You I can thought go Patrick there. Wall was going to do it. Yeah, you, you should have. You hammer that guy until you get ripped off of him. It's it's a green light. So for me, that's just a disgusting hockey play. It's not even a hockey play. It's just a disgusting move yeah. by a dirty player who's washed as hell. So what a scumbag he is. I hope they give him at least 20. I the People are saying 10, 5 to 10. I go, no, that's give me 20 for that crap. That's garbage. You want to talk, talk about headshots and taking it out of the game? There's such a thing as an... You know, it it's it's not on purpose headshot. That was that was he was trying to hurt the guy. Yeah, there's no there's you no throw the excuse you throw the book at him. Whatever the maximum they can give this guy is that Agreed. Pinto just got 41 games for whatever, allegedly setting a fantasy football lineup through proxy. <laughs> like, what do you do to a guy who's trying to rip off another career? It basically could have ended this guy's career. So you you smoke him, you hit him right in the pocketbook, 
and he should be he should be done for a long time. And that's doing the Habs a favor because he's a piece of crap player. Yeah, well said. And, uh, watch Habs fans come in and say that he dove. You know, they love telling Ottawa Senators players that they dove. Obviously, that's tongue-in-cheek. Pillsy, that's going back to me saying, hey, if you go to the same lake every weekend and you cash a million fish, obviously, I'm going to have a little fun on the TSN thing saying that they're going to say that. I, I've got 50 replies of Habs fans calling me all sorts of names because I, I had the agree. Anybody call you a goofus, though? No, nobody Good. called me a goofus. All right, you let me know if someone says that. Yeah, you will, yeah, you'll stand up for me. Thanks, Bills. <laughs> let's uh, let's get some ghost ends going. The chant, honestly, four one and two, considering where they were when they got back from that road trip, four one and two is pretty solid. And when the I'll two OT it. the two OT losses, you were down in the third period to two of the best teams in the National Hockey League two days ago. The Jets and Bruins were one two in the NHL. And you you put them both, you come back in the third period. The Sens before this little stretch, when they were trailing by by when they were trailing going into the third period, it was good night, Jim Kite. Like there was there was no chance they were gonna come back. Now they're two eighteen and two uh when they're when they're down going into the third period. So resilience, they would have folded like a cheap tent in yeah. the DJ Smith era down two against the Boston Bruins. So uh, I'm, I'm proud of the way that they've played overall as a team. And, um, and that's without some of their best players playing, playing some of their good hockey. Like I think Brady's got an extra gear. We know he always gets up for those New York Rangers matchups. And um, I'm excited to see him. We'll get to our lockdown player tomorrow on the show. We got Kenzie Lalonde coming on the show tomorrow as well. Really looking forward to all that. Uh, Martian, you got some final thoughts for us? Not really. Pilsy kind of set it all for us there. I think, you know, he wrapped that one up nicely. So, I, I mean, it's a good team they were playing against. They were on a back-to-back. Sens just couldn't get it done. A little bit of a tough start. I thought they did a good job coming back, and then they couldn't finish it off in overtime. For me, it's, it's satisfactory. I'm and, okay. And you're, on, and, and you're boots on the ground Saturday? I will be boots on the ground Saturday. Yes, I will. I'm excited. Nice. Okay, if there's a win, you're calling in. Live on location. <laughs> we know how that sometimes goes for me when I try to call in after having a really nice time watching the Sens play when I'm boosting the ground. I will. How about this? I will do my best, Ross. All right. That's all, all we, we can, can ask. ask. Yeah. Do your best. For at Laleem's Martian, that's Brandon Pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours. Go check out today's show. We reacted to Steve Steos's press conference and a whole lot more. Thank you for being just fine with us. On the postcast where the Ottawa Senators lose 3-2 in overtime to the Boston Bruins. Next up, Saturday, the New York Rangers come to the CTC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow on the Locked On Senators podcast. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.